1: same as you always do. I mean, Andy, as good as there is, especially you know him running the offense and um, Spags on the defense, as good as there is. And they've both been doing it for a long time. We've all gone against each other a number of times. So uh, I think the schematics can get a little overrated. Um, we all have real sound systems and we all have real good players. So we'll see how it unfolds on Sunday.
0: Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six, seven to the score. That's Kyle Shanahan. He's the head coach. Of the San Francisco 49ers, Andy, of course, Andy Reid, and Spag's the defensive coordinator, and he didn't mention Dave Tobe. Dave Tobe is as good as it gets, one of the best in the business on special teams. They got an admirable staff there uh, in Kansas City. Did you see there's no room at the inn for – for any extra coaches, they don't—they uh, didn't welcome back a certain former Washington Commanders offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy.
2: Well, they haven't yet. I mean, I wouldn't welcome him no, back he, he for came the Super out, Bowl, didn't he? He
0: came out and he said they have a they, that their coaching staff is full and they didn't have a spot for him.
2: Well, I I understand that they're in the midst of a Super Bowl and and I, didn't he introduce a play and address the team though last week and. So he's still on friendly terms. It's just like there's no opening here. There's no room at the inn. I I don't know. He he left I'm, them to I, go. You find if you're better
0: situation. You can't find a spot for a guy who's unemployed right now.
2: Not before the Super Bowl. You've got bigger bigger worries Come about than your buddies who don't have work. I mean, let me go find look for other jobs. Then you once you get to the Super Bowl, once you win it, then you settle, you find out who's coming back, who's not, and then they, hey, Eric, what you doing? Not now. Now it is a distraction. Well, I,
0: I mean, the way that I read that result was him saying they didn't have a spot for him on the coaching staff next year. He, They just kind of shot down the idea that he could come back. and And I find that fascinating because – as we all know, mm-hmm. uh, the way Andy Reid does it is he has all sorts of people. Every He's, he's one of these guys who's got a play. Do you have a play? Who gives me a play? Give me a yeah. play. And then they have this volume playbook where they reach in and they have all these plays.
2: Well, I understand that, and that's how it works. And I think he actually did address the team with a play last week, but I, I don't know that. He worked with the offense before the AFC title game. So I, I think that's interesting. But if I'm Eric Bienemy, I'm surprised this is even an issue that he's closing the door. This is not the time to be talking to a, a, a team about a job. This is this – is it's inappropriate. I mean, they're preparing to win a championship. Next year's staff will take shape when next year's staff takes shape. Not now.
0: Man. Oh, I, I mean I I what I'm hearing here is they said that the guy doesn't have a spot, you know, that he'll go somewhere else they don't have room at the inn. And what you're saying is they're saying they don't have room at the inn for right now, but eventually that'll change.
2: They might, it depends. Now, right. hypothetically, what if Matt Nagy leaves or somebody else leaves and there's a an, you know somebody's going to leave. Somebody's you got Andy leave?
0: retiring. Now, Maybe. David
2: Haas says Reed steps no. down.
0: That's what I no, just heard.
2: No, I did not say that. But we don't know what the situation is going to be on this staff uh, days before the Super Bowl. And it's ridiculous for Eric Bieniemy to rule out that possibility unless he's been told, hey, you're not coming back. We don't want you back. But if they didn't want him back, why did they let him address the team before the AFC Championship game?
0: I- I, apparently they don't have any room at the end for the guy. I, I don't know why we're arguing about it. You're right. It's it's. I just was surprised it was so vehemently, oh, no, he's not coming back here. They don't have an opening. And you're right. Maybe they will. And I'm joking about Andy Reid retiring. He'd be a fool to retire. Unless yes. there was some kind of health concern. He's got the best quarterback in the league in his prime. Why wouldn't you want to be building on that and getting better? And And I think we all know that when you look at what happened with the Chiefs this year, they really struggled at the wide receiver position. They really struggled struggled catching the ball earlier in the year, and it looked like that was going to be the problem. I wonder if that pops up in any way in the uh, actual Super Bowl. I think everyone will be locked in. I think it's a different deal when you're in a big game. And, you know, go back to early Super Bowl days. There have always been heroes who are unexpected, Mm -hmm. guys that you didn't even know were going to play who end up making huge plays in big games.
2: Always going to be that guy. This is probably, in terms of talent, the worst Chiefs team that Patrick Mahomes has taken to the Super Bowl. But it also might be the most tested and maybe the toughest mentally – because of all it's had to overcome. They've not had an easy road here. They did have to go away from Arrowhead to win playoff games. They have done things that maybe brings the team together. But I also think that you know you can't look at talent and compare these two rosters. The 49ers has a better, deeper roster. There's no question about that. But I don't think you want to look at the Chiefs and saying, okay, that's all it comes down to. Because somehow they have found ways to win when you have the best quarterback in the game, that's what happens. But it's likely to be somebody who we haven't mentioned, who we have overlooked, who will be the guy that makes the big play in the key moment on Sunday. It always happens that way.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, I just hope that it isn't because the ball ricocheted over someone's uh, face mask. You know, you would like to see big plays happen kind of out of, big plays being made, not big plays being surrendered. That, that has always been, you know, you, you understand when you're talking about a team like the Chiefs, they they have this ability to kind of be there for the big moment because they've been there before and it's comfortable for them. It's not just kind of, I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I, we had a texter yesterday who said that, that Brock Purdy in the the two games in the playoffs has been as lucky a quarterback as you're going to find. There were a lot of fortunate plays that went his way. Uh, You know, that's a great example of one. What could have been an interception bounces off a guy's face mask and ends up being a 51-yard reception and turns the game. If, If that goes the wrong way, He's not – we're not sitting here having this week of celebrating and wondering how good he is because that was lucky. That was lucky. It, it just it, – it, that could have gone really poorly and instead it turned the game and it, it reminded the Niners they could still win and it reminded the Lions they're still the Lions.
2: And it makes you look at the numbers a little differently when you look at the numbers Purdy has put up in the postseason – as compared to the regular season. And yeah, I think that he doesn't come in necessarily, I mean, he comes in feeling very good about his season. He comes in feeling very good about the way he rallied and persevered after having some adversity, but it's hard to forget those balls that he threw to defenders. And you wonder if against a chief defense that's gonna come after him. You know, that's gonna be the the, the conflict here. He's very good against the blitz, yeah. but they're also, this defense is very good at blitzing. So which one is going to win that battle? And I think when they pressure Purdy, he may throw the ball to the defense and this time they're not going to drop it and that could turn the game. And so that kind of a turnover in a Super Bowl can be the difference between celebrating and going home as a, as a runner up.
0: And I think you're so right, David. I think this game comes down to turnovers. And I think the Chiefs are less likely to make them. The, you know, Mahomes hasn't thrown a pick uh, in the in the playoffs, he has no uh, giveaways in the playoffs. And I think that that is a huge factor. We saw him in in the Super Bowl. They lost where they had they had no offensive lineman. The tackles were both out and he was running for his life and flinging the ball all over the field and came so close to making some of the most. He made some spectacular plays. I I think that that element of his game, um, the, the, when you talk about the been there before, done that, the calm, cool, collected, I, I just don't see him melting down in the fashion that other players could. No now, doubt. if that blows up on me, it blows up on me for saying that, but that's how I feel going into this game, that if someone's going to turn over the ball, it's unlikely to be him.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. He'll take chances, and yep. he'll push the envelope, and that against that pass rush, that's always dangerous because there might be an errant throw. It might be tipped or whatever the case may be, but I think that's a safe bet. I think it's interesting because it will come down to the quarterbacks. I think everybody understands that. But the pace and tempo of the game and maybe which way it, it goes early on, I think is going to come down to the running games. You look at the Chiefs, and they're going to try to run the football. I think Pacheco's going to get a lot of – Touches yeah. and then on the other side, as Kyle Shanahan attacks the chief defense, the vulnerability, the biggest one, is against the running game. So, no question, Christian McCaffrey, and Pacheco are going to be the guys on display early on and often. And I wouldn't be surprised if they both have 15 touches by maybe by by halftime. Who knows how much they're going to try to establish the run, control the clock, and, and control the momentum.
0: Well, you're describing a low scoring game, and it's going to be very interesting because. I'm not sure I'm not sure how many explosive plays the Chiefs have in them, right? I, I just don't know that I look at you know I think Rasheed Rice can get down the uh, the field a little bit and they they love those crossing routes to him um but I mean, you know, they got two types of guy. They they do have some speed. I'm not saying they don't have speed, but that's not what they're relying on. They're relying on kind of the sure-handedness of Kelsey. Whenever anything goes awry, they will feed him the ball. And, um, and they're relying on, on, uh, on Pacheco can catch the ball out of the backfield. They got like three or four weapons that they rely on in the way they move the football. And when you think about that Ravens game, what do they hold the, the ball for, nine minutes while they march down the field? That is, that's an extraordinary feat to be able to put together a drive where you go down the length of the field and you don't make any kind of error that gets you off schedule and slows you down. and It's just something teams aren't supposed to do. And, and I think that in terms of form, um, I think that Spags will kind of have to... He might have to run blitz a little bit if they start getting that running game going. I just wonder... How much, if indeed the running game will work, and if it's working, how much will Kyle Shanahan be willing to stay with it, or will well, he try to do something else?
2: Ball control is going to be important for both teams, and I think not just the running game, but these extended handoffs, the the horizontal yes. passing game, if you will, that right. drive you reference a nine minute drive. How many of those were Patrick Mahomes throwing swing passes to Pacheco or hitting Kelsey on a on a quick down and out? These are these are the kinds of things. You dink and you doink, and that's where Patrick Mahomes excels as a game manager. Brock Purdy certainly can play that role, but I do wonder that also is predicated on and protecting the football. And you want to do that if you have, even in the short passing game, you can't take anything off those passes because if if the right defensive back jumps a route at the right time, all of a sudden you got a Super Bowl highlight and you got a pick six and you got a game changer.
0: you, you look at you look at the uh, AFC Championship game and you know they they did enough defensively to win the game they just couldn't score when they had opportunities they couldn't you know they fumble on the goal line you throw a bad pick into the end zone you combine that sort of reality to to what the chiefs did you got you got no hope of winning that game even if you hold them down even if they're not exploding for points and you feel like you have a defensive advantage You've got to close drives. And I, I think that McCaffrey has like a touchdown in every game he plays. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that would probably be a fairly decent bet betting him for a touchdown because <laughs> he always scores a touchdown. Yeah. Anytime and I, touchdown. I bet there's I bet there's no money to it. But but I'm just saying that that's that's what is gonna separate them from what happened to the Ravens. They're well, at home. They got and, and the Ravens for whatever reason they did not run the ball. I told you. With that power package, they could have dominated the game with that. Um, and then once you do that, and then all of a sudden, all the all the play action stuff opens up and you're laughing. So so that's what they have to have happen. That, that is the lesson Same of game. the
2: Ravens. Yeah, the lesson yeah. of the Ravens is that don't ignore the obvious. Why they neglected the running game against a chief defense that is most vulnerable against it is something they're gonna be asking themselves the entire offseason in Baltimore, because the, I don't think the 49ers do that. They're, the, the, the beauty of the 49ers offense is that they will take what you give them. And they don't try to get, I mean, they, they have the cute plays in their arsenal, and they have the play where you saw Brock Purdy can catch it one handed and throw it down the field. They've got the gadget plays. But I don't think that they're going to use this as a platform to show everybody how bright Kyle Shanahan is. I think that this is a platform you use when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, when it's down to one game uh, for a legacy. I think you're going to do what got you there. And what got the 49ers there is taking advantage of the weaknesses that you see and being really disciplined in your, in your, in your play calling. And there's not anybody in the league, dare I say, that's better at calling plays than Kyle Shanahan. Maybe I wonder if
0: you know the way they got there does that impact the way you think of them uh, and, in other words the chiefs had a much harder trip there and they they had to go on the road they had to win some tough games the niners had one fewer game and they played two teams that the bears see all the time i know that either of those teams could have won those games and both of them kind of but but when you talk about a young team from Green Bay, they didn't have that finish in them. They didn't know. You know what I mean? It, it's not like going into Buffalo and winning a game.
2: I don't think that it's necessarily – I think it's not necessarily who, who they played or how they got there. It's how they're playing at this time. 49ers are coming in having survived the Lions, and the question after that game wasn't – It wasn't boy how dominant were they was like did the Lions lose this or did the 49ers win this in contrast the Chiefs went out and they seized the opportunity in Baltimore on the road against the best team in football and I think that's the one thing you look at Chiefs are coming in hot. 49ers are coming in not having played their best football the last two weeks, and that starts with Purdy. But they also had loafs on defense, which is inexcusable. Oh. They've had other things that have come up that have not been, you know, what you expect from a championship caliber team. So I think if you're looking at it that way, the Chiefs have momentum coming into the Super Bowl based on the last two games they played.
0: And and I know that the that that the Niners are a very capable defense, and they can turn that around. But David, that that should drive people insane the number of loafs they had against the lions and the way they came out as slow as they did it was like the what was it four plays they scored a touchdown Mm -hmm. it it was like the niners weren't even ready for the game to begin
2: it it was weird man it It was was weird. weird And we talk about guys under scrutiny, under pressure. Steve Wilkes, a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Nobody's facing much more than he does. He's got to defend Mahomes. He's got to find a way to defend Kelsey. And he's got to find a way to make sure that his players, his defensive line, doesn't loaf in the biggest game of their careers because you can't afford that. You wouldn't have thought to see it at the NFC Championship game. You can't see it at the Super Bowl.
0: Right, right. It's – it's very interesting. It should be a lot of fun, and we're gonna we're gonna keep it going. We'll uh, we'll uh, head back out to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Next, we'll talk to Alex Gold about what we're looking at from a chief's perspective.
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's humbling because I never thought I would be in this many Super Bowl games, honestly. I mean, you you, you strive to, to be great, um, but you understand how hard it is to even be in this game and for us to be in... Uh, my fourth one and and my six years of starting. Um, it truly is remarkable, and I, I don't take it for granted because you never know if you're going to be able to be back in this game.
0: There he is. That's Patrick Mahomes, the passenger. Smully and Haw on the score. <laughs> game manager. <laughs> and, and we're now now joining us on the Circa Sports Illinois hotline is Alex Gold, 610 Sports Kansas City. Download the Circa Sports app today, Alex. Good morning. How's it going?
1: Hey, good morning. I'm doing pretty good. I I, I do wonder though if you guys have ever accidentally handed the cocktail waitress while playing blackjack uh, what you thought were twenty five cent chips and they were twenty five dollar chips that's
2: something that one of our uh, co-workers did last night oh boy no never made that mistake about a hundred dollars
1: worth a hundred dollar tip for the cocktail waitress wow well
2: that that's
0: uh that's called demon rum i believe (laughs) i'm guessing he wasn't in a, a coherent state to make a move like that that's that's pretty ugly
1: yeah, yeah, and then uh, the, the dealer was was mentioning that. Oh, it makes you feel better. She's eight months pregnant, so I guess you know he did a good deed there.
2: <laughs> Alex, how'd you like Circus Swim? We've been out there. We know saw you were out there last night. What'd you think?
1: Oh, it's awesome! It's an incredible spot. I, I've been out there in the summertime, and, and you guys know when all what six or eight pools are are opened up and, and the weather's a little bit warmer and stuff and, and the scenery and everything is incredible. Uh, we had a great time though. You know, we were supposed to do a dual party with our, our sister station out in San Francisco. They no showed Niners fans, no showed. So she's uh, fans represented. I don't know where the Niners fans are at.
0: <laughs> you got to hope that uh, continues into the game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I'm curious when you, when you look at the game and you see what's going on, you know, the the central storyline seems to have been that they're unhappy about the the practice facility i don't know that there's been a ton of breaking news there's been little things you know guys uh not not like a lot of advanced type of thing it sets up to be a pretty good game frankly
1: oh it does and welcome to the kind of the the chief's world of covering them when it comes to not having a whole lot of stuff said on game week, Andy Reid's probably the, the master of that, not even just himself individually, but he's kind of, you know, strikes fear into some of these players, if you will, when it comes to putting out bulletin board material. There, you know, one of a former Chiefs players actually just the other day had mentioned. Uh, that more than anything else, the bulletin board material, if you're a player of his, you put that out there, that'll get him ticked off more than, about, than anything else that you could possibly do during the week. So players are are, are known, uh, in Kansas City at least, unfortunately for us, that there's not usually a whole lot that's said on the trash talk side heading in.
2: What will be the offensive approach against the San Francisco defense? Trying to establish the run, trying to use a horizontal mm-hmm. passing game, which are long handoffs, control the clock much like they did against the Ravens successfully. What do you expect early on offensively from the Chiefs?
1: So two things on the first 15 scripted plays. I think you are going to see a heavy dose of Isaiah Pacheco again. We've talked about him all week and and, and what he's been able to do in the postseason specifically. And then you couple it with a 49ers defense. and the regular season, that handled the rush pretty well. But in the postseason, it's been a problem. We saw what Jameer Gibbs was able to do uh, in the NFC title game. And then the other thing will just be underneath routes. That has been a story of much of the season for Kansas City, but specifically with Rashi Rice here in the postseason. And that's actually an area where with the way for the 49ers play defense, they've struggled. I think they're they're bottom 10 in the league when it comes to yards after the catch given up. And so it's not the big plays that you guys were asking about yesterday, um, but it's some of these underneath routes that you can get some yards after the catch. So I think that's the, the combination you're going to see a lot early on in the game.
0: You know, I I really appreciated uh, Mahomes coming out and saying, hey, this is like a business trip and we got to be serious about it. And he'll bring everybody back for a party in Vegas. I I thought that was just a great comment at the beginning of the week. Where is he at? Do you see him? You know, everyone's asking him about Jason Tom Brady and, you know, the legacy issues and all this stuff. He seems like one cool customer – who is saying the right stuff to all that. But really, it's just, it's just the noise going on around them.
1: It's weird because with him, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones, kind of the big three of the leaders that have been here throughout this run over the last five years or so, it almost feels like a regular game for them. And to your point, and just the way they go about handling Speaking to the media a little bit and not deal with nervousness. Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs' running back, even mentioned uh, that, yeah, hey, you're not nervous if you're prepared. And I think that's the sense of these guys that, that the belief and trust in Andy Reid and having been through this so many times that, uh, that they kind of know what to expect. They have ultimate faith in, in the coaching staff. And you know, Patrick Mahomes, during this playoff run, whether it's his personal trainer that, that uh, I don't know if people there probably know about him, but Bobby Stroop, he'll, he'll retweet any type of. Uh, stuff from the media, bulletin board, whatever, on the national level. Patrick Mahomes will never ever acknowledge that that kind of stuff motivates him. He'll be quiet all week, and then all of a sudden, you'll see he'll do something on the field, or he'll do something, uh, you know, in, in post game uh, to kind of acknowledge some of the noise that he heard. You guys remember it in Chicago, unfortunately, when he was counting on his fingers uh, when he was playing uh, the Chicago Bears. I mean, so it's stuff like that. He doesn't, he'll never acknowledge it, but he hears all the noise. It gets back to him pretty quick.
2: Yeah, people haven't forgotten that here in Chicago, Alex. Thanks for the memory. So, <laughs> No problem. <laughs> who is the Chiefs player with the lowest profile that you think will have the biggest impact?
1: So I actually think there, there's a chance you could be talking offensively uh, about uh, Justin Watson a little bit. Not that he's going to have six catches, but – He's been maybe the, the the secondary target that Patrick Mahomes has trusted the most this season in, in the passing game. It would not surprise me if you say outside of Kelsey or Pacheco and Rice gets a touchdown in this game. Maybe somebody like Justin Watson has two or three catches, but they're impactful moments. And There were times earlier in the season where they probably relied on him too much. And The guys should be a fourth or fifth receiver, and they target him. Uh, maybe nine or ten times in one particular game and then they realize that that's just not the type of receiver he is but I think in a spot like this he's played in multiple Super Bowls in his career uh, and it's somebody that Mahomes trusts so don't be surprised if you hear Justin Watson's name a little bit and maybe even cashes in for a touchdown
0: you know we we talk a lot about Andy Reed and Spags and that um, Dave Tobe is a very low profile guy and he does a hell of a job he was a Special teams coordinator here for years, and you watch how professional he is and how he goes about his job. Um, Do you have much of a relationship with him? Is anyone talking about that as an advantage perhaps in this game, just given how they got an advantage out of it last year in the Super Bowl?
1: Right, yeah, I mean, one, we all know about the kicking game. I mean, it's been stellar this entire season and what Harrison Butker's been able to do, at least for this particular season. Harrison Butker's been the best kicker in in football. I know Justin Tucker, of course, has been better kicker overall, but Butker was much better this particular season. There's plenty of confidence in the special teams unit, especially with uh, how they've been able to perform in the the postseason. To your point, we did see what happened in 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 the Super Bowl a year ago on the return game. You know, this is the only part where, some people wondered around Canarius Tony if, if that would be the one reason they would have him active just for a punt return game. Uh, I, I don't believe he's going to be active on Sunday, so I think it'll be Richie James, the former San Francisco 49er, who was on the, the 49ers when the Chiefs played them in the Super Bowl back in 2020. And the one thing that, that Dave Tobe has with Andy Reid, a coach that'll let him have some say, I don't think everybody does on the the roster cutdowns around the preseason and heading into a year, he's allowed to – uh, kind of keep one or two guys that, that Andy trusts, uh, he, he has good judgment on. That maybe in other situations, in other teams, the special teams coordinator wouldn't get any say on maybe at the bottom of the roster. Uh, but that, that's how much trust and value they put in to the special teams and specifically uh, Dave Tobe and what he brings to the table.
2: All right, Alex, you're as close as anybody to it. What's going to happen? What will be the score and why?
1: Yeah, so I, I think this is another low-scoring game in the postseason. It's the story of – this Chiefs team, this particular season, because of the defense and what they have been able to do in that second half, and holding opponents under seven, and on the season, just holding opponents under 28. And so, I think the Chiefs want this to be a low-scoring game. If you're going to pick the Chiefs to win, I think that's the formula you have to go with. And so, I think it's 24-20, 23, uh, 20, something like that, heading into this game. And to me, it'll be Isaiah Pacheco that cashes in for at least one of the touchdowns. And low scoring game, close game. And, uh, I don't think either team is going to pull away at any point.
0: Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a question about Andy Heck. I covered him, uh, during his career when he was here in Chicago, uh, as a tackle and he's a, he's a good guy. We know he's a Notre Dame guy that, uh, they end up bringing in here and, uh, and he's the offensive line coach. And I was, I, I was just listening to the coverage and I couldn't believe how many guys were talking about him. And obviously, we talked about Nick Allegretti uh, yesterday, local guy uh, replacing a, a All Pro guy, but he's been there before. Uh, he said some nice things. They all seem to love the job that Andy Heck's doing.
1: Probably more than most O line coaches, he gets mentioned. You know, on for yeah. the players and and for even sports talk radio. I mean, he gets a lot of props. And it's kind of interesting because the, the last Super Bowl against Tampa or two Super Bowls ago against Tampa, we all know the offensive line was the story for the wrong reasons. But since then, they have just brought in so many pieces to, to work with. And I think his, his best job probably this year has been working with Jawan Taylor, the right tackle. I, I, you know, early in the year, there was a spotlight on Taylor because of the penalties. And you know he's lining up off the line a little bit. And there was a clear focus from the officials to kind of key in on that. And you're asking a player season to adjust the playing style that he's had his entire career. I think... The bigger adjustment's going to have to come in the offseason. But for Jawan Taylor, while they, you know, they signed him, this big deal, and so somebody would say, hey, he should, you know, he should be playing at a high level uh, to begin with. But I think that's a credit to Andy Heck for, for them to be able to get Jawan Taylor to a point now and adjusting how he plays to play at his best level of the entire season. It's a huge reason why uh, this team is in the Super Bowl. The O-line's playing their best football. And so Andy Heck's a big part of that, in particular with the left tackle and right tackle.
2: Quick before we let you go, how much fun have you had this week? What's been the highlight of your week in hey, Vegas? Tell
0: tell him about your concert. He 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 gave up a chance to see <laughs> Bill Burr, the comedian, to go see the guy that sings Fast Car.
1: You did? Yeah, we've, you we we got offer, we got offered tickets to both. We got offered tickets to both. My host and I decided we gotta we gotta go to Luke Combs. The guy oh, that's a an more easy choice. Oh, yeah, yours. that's what I thought. Great no. choice, Alex.
0: Yes. No. Only yes. David would say that. The yes. rest of us, we all shot you down yesterday. Bill Burr's too good. Oh, Alex, well, well done. Well
2: played.
1: Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was an easy choice as well. And uh, no, it's been a great week, guys. It's been a f- fantastic week. Uh, and now the, the weather's going to get a little bit better this weekend. It's still going to be in the, in the 50s. But, uh, you, you know, yesterday, Radio Row was what you expect Radio Row to be. I mean, you, you name it, any of the, the former stars uh, of the league were, were out there yesterday. It's much better than what we had in uh in phoenix a year ago and that's just the vegas effect
0: great stuff alex thank you buddy we'll talk to you uh post game on monday thanks alex sounds good thanks guys that is alex gold what a dumb decision no what a call i'll say it again any comedian in vegas loves playing there because everyone's on vacation and everyone's half in the bag it's always I, a great I'll,
2: show. And I'll just say this. Luke Combs is one of the best entertainers in all of music, not just country, not just Western, all of music. Well,
0: you're, you're, uh, I mean, he, I'm wrong.
2: He did well I'm with wrong? someone's
0: song. He stole okay. he has more than just one song. He's got that one Tracy Chapman song. He's a star. Open your mind. Bill Burr, I'm I'm giggling to myself now thinking of things that he said. That guy's hysterical. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a it's a bad choice on Alex's it's part. It's a great I'm, choice I, by Alex. I, no. He blew it's it. A, it's a, he, he seized it. I I I only brought it up because I knew you would support it. Just so of you course. know. Because I'm, the rest of us all said, "Oh my god, Bill Burr, it's not even I, close." It's so on brand
2: for me. Of course I'm going to support this. Yeah. He made a wise yeah. choice.
1: Not accurate. I also said go see Luke Combs.
2: Fine young man. I'm Alex with you, Mully. Thank Yo, you, buddy. Who Finally,
0: opened your mic? A voice of reason. Who opened that mic? Go back to spinning. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> <I'm just> so <laughs> Dustin can jump in, provided he agrees with you? <laughs> provided he agrees with but me, But Brandon yes. gets shot down? Who? Who? He knows the
2: truth. Who is this Brandon you speak of? <laughs> oh, my
0: God. Wow. He's our MVP. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, no argument tell- there. Don't tell Alex. All right. <laughs> All right. We got to get to uh, – we've got to get to uh, – we got more fun. We're, yes. we're not slowing it down. We got nope. uh, a lot of people to talk to and a lot to get done. We're going to do it next. mullino on the score.
2: He's playing in the Super Bowl, and, you know, I think at one point in the season he was like, I'm not having a good season. Oh, watch the tape. He's having a good season. Um, anytime – and, you know – while it might seem to all of us it could be a distraction, it might not be to him. You know, I think Travis is a mature man. He knows how to handle his business. And I think he puts football over everything. So I think you could just tell hey, he's playing in the Super Bowl. He obviously knows how to handle anything, anything going on off the field. Can you imagine being in that position? Like- no, I can't grasp my head around it. I can't wait. At some point in the offseason, I'll probably have to grab a beer and talk to him about it. Can I say that? I think so. I'm, I'm 30.
0: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. the score. That is George Kittle, Bear fan made good. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of fun to, uh, to hear um, what he has to say about uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. And they're going to go – don't they – they do that. They do like a tight end university. Thing. Tight end U, yeah, in Arizona. Yeah. 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 Tight ends are very tight in the NFL. And, man, you got uh, – Two of the best ever in this game. You, you got two of the really great tight ends uh, from the NFL in this game.
2: Travis Kelsey will find a way to get open. I, I think when you look at his season, by his standards, maybe it hasn't lived up to expectations, but he's still very good, and he's still the guy that can beat you quickest, and he has that rapport with Patrick Mahomes that his – is something that you just can't defend. So if you're Steve Wilkes, that's the question. How do you try to combat Travis Kelsey on third down? What do you do, an extra defender? Who does that leave open? But that is the biggest challenge for the 49er defense.
0: Yeah, and, and um, you know, again, I don't know if we've talked about uh, uh, the way that uh, the, the league likes to manage the, uh, the Super Bowl, but they don't like a lot of stoppages of play. They don't like to see a lot of uh, laundry on the field, if you will, and yeah. this is an opportunity. If you're a cynic, to really just you know flat out mug a guy and get away with it, because that's just the way these things work. It's uh, fairly easy to uh, to get into a Super Bowl and try to take advantage of that in a cynical fashion, like famously the. The, uh, the Patriots stand against the greatest uh, show on turf.
2: I do agree that that's an option, and I do think that you do have precedent. I don't know who on the 49er defense qualifies as somebody capable of doing that. If you use a, a linebacker and you split him out wide, then he's going to probably have more you know, he's going to probably lose him at the line of scrimmage or somewhere. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough thing to do. With a wide receiver, it's a little bit easier expectation. You can get physical with some guys. You can try, try to use – but with a tight end who's as versatile as Kelsey is, I think that's a tough thing to expect on a regular basis to happen. The
0: official for this game, and I know that you um, don't like ever speaking about the uh the referees you got angry about it in the uh and the championship games but the guy that is running this game uh-huh. is none other than uh Bill Vinovich and he's the main referee obviously they take a an all-star crew it's not just the guys he worked with during the year but he is the referee and he did oversee the Super Bowl that featured these two same teams in 2020. And in that game, they called a combined nine total penalties for 69 yards in that Super Bowl. Are we going over or under with this smugging of Kelsey?
2: Well, first of all, I think you exaggerate my reaction, but that's okay. I'm used to it. So, I, secondly, I would go under because I don't think that these teams are going to come out and try to muck it up, if you will. I do think that's an option. I don't think that they feel like if you're Steve Wilkes, you're going to have that much success trying that because it's it's unlikely to work. I, the, the greatness is something when you know that – they're going to do something, and they do it anyway, and that seems to be the Kelsey Mahomes combination in a nutshell. So I would take the under. It's going to be a very, uh, I hope, a well officiated game. Bill Vinovich has got a reputation, so I think that's a and it's a good one. So I hope that referees are not an issue, and this is the only time we mention their names. Well, I mean, again, I'm not
0: predicting any kind of a way of turning the game or anything like that. I'm merely stating that if you have, you know, a guy that has previously uh, refereed against the same teams and didn't call a lot of penalties. And, you know, nine penalties about right. I don't think anybody wants to see double-digit penalties in a Super Bowl. I don't think – you know, swallow the whistle late in the game. I don't think anyone wants to see bad calls, especially Roger Goodell, based on what he said earlier in the week – uh, he doesn't want to have to defend the officiating in the Super Bowl. But, you know, it, it'll, it allows you a methodology of defending a guy that maybe isn't as obvious as uh, you might first assume.
2: I just think that you're, you have to account for him, but I think the overcompensation. You know, Patrick Mahomes, one thing I'll say is that he's not afraid to go to receivers who even, even if they've let him down. And all season long, the one thing that has been steady has been his belief, even though he might not have believed what he said, but his confidence in the receivers to come through in the clutch, even though they were dropping passes. So if they try to take Kelsey away, let's say hypothetically they're successful, he'll find the open guy. He always does.
0: Um, I I would say that um, when you think about 11 targets, 11 catches last week, if you, can, if
2: you can take away two or three of those, isn't that a huge win? Yeah, it's a huge win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if he catches nine passes instead of 11, that may be a third down. It may be a red zone catch. It may be something in a key situation. So I, I get it. I just I think that if you go into this game expecting to stop Kelsey and that's going to be your secret to winning, you're going to be disappointed. It's, it's fascinating. Dan
0: Pompey wrote a story in the New York Times today about the tight end position. And, you know, a couple things that really jumped out. Just I haven't had a time to pull it apart completely, but he talks about how um, a guy like Kittle is more of a throwback to, you know, guys like Dick uh, Gronkowski, bruiser types that love to block. He's also a great after-the-catch guy. But he he sees Kelsey kind of, more of the finesse, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Antonio Gates type. It's, it's different types, types of tight ends based on different types of offenses.
2: Kelsey's a wide receiver in a tight end body.
0: Yes, without and, speed, but with, with agility. Made a great and, catch. In yeah. hands. Yes, and, hands. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Okay, great stuff. A lot of fun. We're going to, uh, we're going to talk to our guy, Michael Lombardi. Oh, my gosh. Haven't talked to Mike Lombardi in a while. What a better day than today to get his take on the Super Bowl. I'm sure he has Bears thoughts regarding Justin Fields, the draft, the whole bet. Michael Lombardi will join us next. It's Mully and Haw on the score.